Hey there, running friends. It's James here again, and I'm back with another episode of the podcast. I want today to talk about a post which I actually put on Facebook a few days ago talking about how often you should be doing your think of it as whether it's strength exercises, mobility exercises, physio exercises you've been given, you know, the supplementary work around your running. How often, how many times per week should you be getting that work done? That's a question I want to get into in a second, but firstly, I actually want to quickly say thank you to everybody who's been so kind in terms of reaching out to say that they're pleased that the podcast back. Um, I wasn't sure how it would be received after a lengthy layoff, and um, I'm really excited to hear your positive feedback and uh, really invigorated to get going with a new batch of these episodes. So thank you so much to everyone who took the time to quickly get in touch. I look forward to getting a whole bunch of these running questions and uh, and future episodes out there. So let's get into today's topic. Let's talk about those injury prevention workouts. So it's a question that quite often comes my way. And the kind of the short answer really when it comes to this kind of work is to focus on getting them done on a little and often basis. Now, those of you who are uh, familiar with the 30-day challenge from the Kinetic Revolution website will be very familiar with my kind of little and often principle when it comes to this kind of work. I'd much rather you spend um, a good kind of 20, 25 minutes, three, four times per week being practical in terms of getting these little routines done. So routines which you can hopefully do in your living room or at the office or you know wherever is convenient, in a hotel room perhaps, rather than need to carve out 90 minutes a couple of times per week to go to the gym and go through the whole rigmarole and all the faff that is involved in not just getting to the gym, but also being at the gym. I'd much rather make it part of your routine around your running in a more sustainable way rather than make it awkward, I guess. Um, so with the the kind of the little and often principle, let me again elaborate a little further. You know, we, I think all or vast majority of us appreciate the need for the strength, stability, mobility exercises to help avoid imbalances developing and to, uh, to, to really start to help build a bit of resilience to that repetitive motion of running. Now, the problem that I see a lot or hear a lot in terms of uh, people telling me about their various injury histories is that, and I know a lot of us runners will be very familiar with the various overuse injuries that unfortunately we have to uh, we have to try and avoid. We do our best to try and avoid as we build the mileage. But a lot of the time, people say, "You know what? I was doing the exercises my physio gave me when I was injured, when I was coming back from my rehab or going through my rehab, coming back into my running. But as soon as the running started to build up again, I kind of let the exercises slip." Um, and I only realize now, perhaps a couple of months down the line, whilst you've been building the running back up, getting the mileage there, that actually it would have been smart to keep those exercises going and not to let them slip. And I get it. You know, us, I completely get it. You know, I feel it as well. Us runners, we want to run. And there's no shortcut to that either. You know, you need to go out and get the miles and the legs to be able to go and progress with your running over time. But of course, we need to um, need to kind of respect the fact that these exercises that the physio gives you or the exercises that perhaps you found on the third day challenge um, wherever you found them if I mean especially if they've come from the physio you know they've been hand-picked for you based on your various strengths and weaknesses to help you know kind of rebuild if you like or rehab those strengths and weaknesses kind of cover over those weak links 
they are specifically there for you to be able to use as maintenance going forward. So try and reframe the idea of these kind of, and let's face it, sometimes kind of boring rehab exercises and reframe them away from being something I have to do when I'm not allowed to run and instead think of them as exercises that you can incorporate on an ongoing basis, which will not just enable you to continue running, but actually strengthen some of those identified weak links to help you continue to build that weekly mileage, continue to push on that long run, continue to push the pace, all the things that we want to do as runners to progress. Of course, I mentioned the 30-day challenge. With that, if you're using that as a basis or some of the exercises, for example, you find on YouTube, a lot of folks like myself who have a lot of experience in terms of working with runners and setting programs for runners, we kind of know what a lot of the underlying weaknesses often are. A lot of the imbalances often are in terms of runners who have to also live your kind of 21st century sedentary lifestyle and then we try and jump up and run and we realize that hmm, our glutes aren't particularly strong or we've got quite a weak core or, or our hamstrings are quite tight you know we we kind of know what the exercises are the majority of runners would benefit from working on so by all means take the first day challenge as a good kind of a good kind of baseline now when it comes to the the actual kind of underlying question of how many times per week I've got a very simple rule of thumb for you. And the rule of thumb goes like this. Once per week is not enough. Twice per week, if you're doing these workouts two times weekly, I would consider that maintenance. Okay, you're not going to see progress particularly, but equally you're not going to be going backwards. Twice a week is giving your body a little bit of input, a little bit of um, little bit of stimulus to keep on working on these various different factors, whether it's stability, whether it's glute activation, whatever it is. But then once we start moving to three times per week, that's where we start to see progress. That's where we start to feel that over time, we actually start improving with the exercises and you'll feel the crossover into your running a little bit more effectively. Four times per week is a great place to actually aim for in terms of an average for your normal running week. Um, and I say normal running week on purpose. You know, if you're in the middle of a peak few weeks of marathon training, I'm not expecting you to go and also get four lots of 20, 25 minutes worth of work done. Okay, there's a lot of fatigue there anyway. Um, it might be that you're already kind of having to steal time here and there away from other commitments to manage to get that peak mileage in. But if you are in a place where it's kind of your average normal running week, you know, a week which you're pretty uh, pretty comfortable with, then four times is a great place to try and jump in. And again, if you're in the middle of doing intensive rehab or you're otherwise not running, then you can even push that up to five times weekly. So if we think about that, this is why I start to kind of talk about doing it three or four times weekly as being a good kind of region where at three times per week, you're going to see progress. And at four times per week, that's a good, a good kind of average to, to jump in at. Now, when it comes to the sorts of exercises, of course, and again, we can reference the 30-day challenge with this and the exercises in there, we're not dealing with out-and-out -out strength exercises. Again, sometimes I even catch myself using the word strength where perhaps I mean more so, um, more so activation exercises or neuromuscular control exercises or repatterning exercises. You know, that might be more appropriate where when I'm talking about strength, out-and-out -out strength, really I should be talking more about you know squats deadlifts and and shifting some external load as well you know so squats and deadlifts to the point where perhaps you're doing a sort of session where it's you know five sets of five reps 
with that fifth rep being very much pushing the 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 full amount that you could possibly you know possibly push now with these exercises that we're talking about of course of course it's not that you know it's far more about body weight exercises controlling movements controlling your own body weight working on mobility as well as control and stability um and as such we we're not stressing the body in the same way that we would do if i gave you a you know a loaded up barbell really at the kind of the um the top end of what you could potentially lift over you know three to five reps when we're doing that kind of work that heavier work you know your body needs a lot of time to recover you know, your soft tissues need a lot of time to recover from the demands of that external load. You know, big compound exercises shifting a big load. But when we're doing exercises like these body weight exercises, like these control exercises, perhaps a little bit of resistance band work to add a little bit of load, it's still in no way the same as going to the gym and doing a big heavy weight session. So in the same way that when we go to the gym and do a big heavy weight session, you need to make sure that you, you know, give adequate rest days between attacking the same body part um, again or training the same body part again. With these, we can actually get away with doing you know, three, four times per week, working on the same areas, working through similar exercises, because we're not so much stressing the soft tissues in as much as we're trying to stimulate the the kind of the strength response. What we're trying to do more so is kind of work on the neuromuscular side of things, work on the um the, the sort of the firing patterns and work on the the control side of things, which is less demanding on the body, but is more about retraining patterns, retraining coordination, um, and those sorts of things actually respond a lot better to a kind of more regular, um, a regular kind of exposure type approach. So I guess kind of like learning a language, and I, so, I sometimes do use this analogy and talk talk to it in the in, in the terms of almost it being a kind of physical language. So the best way to go and learn, I don't know, Spanish, is to go and live in Spain for a while and kind of throw yourself fully immersed into that culture, into that language. It's the same kind of idea here. You're going to see far more progress if you do certain exercises like let's say a single leg arabesque or something like that three four times per week you're going to see that far quicker in terms of progress in terms of the quality of the movement than you would do if you do it once a week you know it's the same if you go and do you know any kind of any kind of physical um you know physical practice let's say you go to a dance class once per week yeah you'll progress definitely but you'll find that you'll progress a lot quicker if you're doing it two, three times per week. And it's exactly the same idea. So with these, we're relearning movement. And if we're thinking about the, not just the balance and control exercises, but if we think about the mobility side of things as well, well, if we think about the amount of time we spend sat down and sedentary from day to day, there's no reason why we can't spend not three times, four times per week, but five, six, seven times per week, just giving ourselves a moment here and there just to kind of, well, think of it as grease the, grease the cogs, just try and keep promoting good movement. Whereas we spend so long static, even though, even those of us who run a load, those of us who run, let's say 60, 70, 80 mile weeks, if we think about the amount of time we spend running during our week, in comparison, still to the amount of time we spend driving, the amount of time behind a desk, the amount of time sitting on the sofa, all those sorts of things. Um, running is still a small part of your physical week. So the more you can do to kind of keep on greasing those cogs, keep on promoting good movement, the better. Definitely. Anyway, I hope that's helped. Again, the real take home here is with these routines, whether it's um, our 30-day um, challenge, 
or more so taking those challenge exercises and taking them on as a kind of an ongoing resource, whether it is our Bulletproof Runners program, whether it's exercises you found on YouTube, or even better, something the physio's given you, aim at three to four times per week, and that will certainly see you progress and keep you moving forwards. Okay, really, really hope that helped. I'm going to be back very soon with another one of these running podcasts, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye now.